0: narrative building that some weak data might slow down the fed that's what i've been hearing this week so let's talk about it some more with juan pablo villamarine joining us senior research manager at intercontinental wealth advisors juan pablo good morning thanks for being here
1: good morning over thank you for having
0: me hey is there any chance the fed's going to change its tone because i didn't hear anything like that from jay powell this week but i'm hearing bulls all over twitter and some of my guests saying it's time for them to change their tone
1: In my opinion, it's highly unlikely. I think I'm in your camp of being a cynical at the moment, Oliver. I think (laughs) we still have very high inflationary pressures that are going to remain for the next six to 12 months. I mean, you look at the Fed supply price index, it's still very high across the board from commodities, from the manufacturer players, from freight prices across the board. So I don't think the Fed is in any position to shift back to a, uh dovish pivot anytime soon
0: what if our data starts bombing Uh, i mean right now we've got a few misses but uh for the most part all of our uh pmis ISMs, still above 50 and it seems of pal is extremely focused on employment too Uh, what would we look for let's say if the situation does start to deteriorate where would it have to deteriorate for him to change his tone
1: to your point, it would have to be unemployment, but we're still dealing with a very hot employment picture. Employment numbers are coming down as participation rate continue, continues going up. So as you, as you mentioned, PMIs, ISM numbers, and even retail continues to be very strong as we saw from the April numbers. So I think it's very unlikely we have any type of, of dovish uh, shift anytime soon
0: what should we make of this situation where we see a retail sales figure an economic print that's better than expected and then all these retail stores dropping like flies on earnings 10 15 20 down people are trading under armor like it's going bankrupt
1: i think the important picture is that these retailers haven't been able to increase prices as much as they could so they're taking a hit on their margins and you saw target walmart and obviously stories of Amazon coming through to that story. And we'll continue seeing it. I don't think this is only a story for consumer discretionary
0: names, but throughout the entire economy. The dollar did cool off a little bit this week. Walk me through the way you're thinking about uh, central banks outside the Fed, because our dollar has been jamming, but we've also had a China shutdown, a war in Europe, and uh, it seems like there is plenty of room for improvement on the international stage?
1: Yeah, I think, in my opinion, the shift in the dollar was a realization that the ECB will start pivoting to, to a more hawkish move anytime soon. They, they spoke about coming an end to, to their quantitative easing, and you'll probably see a potential rake hike by the end of the year. So even though the the Fed was an early mover, and you've seen the Fed acting alongside the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England. Uh, now the other big player, the ECB, is kind of coming alive. So you see that index uh,
0: that index uh, of the dollar slow down a bit. When you talk with clients right now, how does that affect the potential for putting in a, a stake of international businesses or exposing an equity portfolio to international stocks? So where do they fit in? So we have been a very MSCI Acqui global player
1: throughout the history of our firm. And we're currently moving away from from a neutral stance to an underweight XUS. And it's a function of both, as you mentioned, the strength of the dollar that we think will continue, even though it's kind of slowed down in the past couple of months, it will continue being at the current levels in our opinion. And then a European and Japanese economy, that is economies that are much much more cyclical, I'm sorry, than the U.S. economy. So we don't think it belges well to to have that exposure. And on the contrary, go back to the more resilient U.S. markets. Mm.
0: So do you have a a higher uh, economic risk uh, outside the U.S. if you want to avoid international uh, cyclical businesses?
1: Correct. I think we are expecting uh, a correction in Europe, stemming again from the price pressures from the war in ukraine and and again the hawkish move that the ecb will, will be forced to make in the second part of this year and then japan as well has just been dealing with with a weak um export sector and and therefore yeah we're, we're staying away from that cyclical extra exposure and and reconsidering and moving and, and picking you know names in the us that have taken a tremendous hit mm. and on a 24-month uh, investment horizon look look attractive from current levels uh
0: do those uh, u.s companies uh, shift or skew in any one particular direction when you say uh, beaten up is that the real downtrodden growth tech or is it the real downtrodden reopen and cyclical stocks because everything here has pretty much gotten hit this point even the staples got blasted the last week
1: more of the former that we mentioned, we are starting to come in a little bit heavier on the growth and tech oriented. And there's several names that, as you know, valuations have come down from 30s, 40s, down to the high single digits. So I think some of these names are very resilient in the business models. And and we think that there's there's a good opportunity for medium term
0: um, investment horizons. Okay, good stuff on Pablo. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Good convo. Thank you for having me. All right, absolutely. Juan Pablo Villamarine is a senior research manager at Intercontinental Wealth Advisors.